Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. We invite you to call us today. Put Me in My Place was the theme of yesterday's show, which lots of folks did, so we appreciate that. We're looking for suggestions for great future programs. If there's a particular topic you'd like to talk about, feel free to do so. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, Ben Reichley's got the day off, but I'm glad to say we brought in, invited, and he's, he said, yes, it's your fault. Yes. <laughs> you said, yes. Uh, John Shipman is here, a great uh, leader here, uh, not really known uh, throughout the region as being a Republican, but he is one, and uh, uh, brings to us common sense conservatism. So I always really appreciate that. And But he's a, a an, uh, have you ever run for elected office? Any of your good positions require election? Yeah, I was on city council for three terms. So. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, it's so all coming back to me, city treasurer. A as the treasurer of council, right? yeah, it's a, okay. So. Director of accounts and finance. Well, and I don't know how you guys ever did it then. I don't know how they do it now. You know, declining revenue, increased expenses. How does that work? It's a challenge. There's no doubt. Well, I appreciate that. So that's John Shipman, and I'm glad to say he's an acquaintance. He's a friend. So uh, we can, he, I'm glad he's up here today. Uh, we would invite you to join us. It is a nearly open phones day, so you can talk about uh, the issues of the day. If they're national issues you want to talk about, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, two of our listeners have said we'd like you to talk about more local issues. So if there's one local issue uh, that you'd like us to discuss, maybe the mask mandates at schools have been something that's in the radio news uh, lately. Some schools are complying with that, but at least two school districts around here have said no to the mask mandate from the governor and say they're just not going to do it. Um, and if parents wish to send a child to school with a mask, and I guess once they get dropped off by the bus or the parent or walk to school, if, they wish, if the kid wishes to take the mask off, the school's not going to follow them around and say, hey, your mom said this or that. So, But maybe that's a local issue folks want to talk about, but it is truly open phones today. We have some Texts left over from yesterday related to our conversation about the uh, uh, village of Haitian asylum seekers and uh, migrants that are in, well, they're not at the U.S.-Mexico border, they're in the U.S. So uh, the uh, the ways that they're being dealt with is being uh, talked about in our text, so we'll read those. And COVID is the topic of one of the leftover emails. So we'll try to get to all the archive material that's left over from yesterday and uh, bring up some new stuff. But I I'm always so glad when you're here because you can uh, talk to us about Convention of States. If folks don't remember that this is a constitutional process where folks uh, in the U.S. can um, take action uh, to uh, well to limit government, I guess would be uh, where we're headed under this particular case, but it could have other endeavors too. A, a quick overview of what Convention of States is in general. Okay, Convention of States uh, is allowed under the United States Constitution where a a group of states, a minimum of 33, have to petition 
to uh, hold a convention of states. Uh, the convention of states would be exactly that. Each state would send five representatives uh, chosen uh, basically by the uh, state, legislature, state legislature, and they would debate the topics, a narrow range of topics that are defined in the articles uh, of the call the conference. In this case, there's three articles. Article number one is to reduce the size uh, of the of the uh, federal government. Uh, Article 2 would be to uh, limit the uh, amount of spending uh, that the federal government can do, except in emergency situations. And Article 3 would be term limits for uh, congressmen and senators. Okay. So, and how many states have uh, said, yes, we want the Convention of States so far? Uh, Fifteen have already completely approved it. Um, we have uh, uh, another dozen that uh, it's, it's been approved by one house or the other house, but, but not both. Uh, in Pennsylvania, it has been introduced in committee in the House, um, and it has bipartisan support. Uh, the Senate has not taken it up yet. Um, the, uh, there seems to be some reluctance uh, in Harrisburg uh, be, due to the fact that uh, the, uh, uh, there's been accusations that this could be a runaway convention, uh, like uh, 1787, where they went to fix the Articles of Confederation and came out with a whole new Constitution. I don't believe that's the case. The Constitution limits what can be done, and the Articles are specific. There are those three topics. No other topics are to be discussed. So uh, I, th I feel pretty confident, and I and most people that have really taken a look at it feel pretty confident that there's not going to be a runaway convention. Well, uh, even our local legislators are skeptical about the whole process, you know, this runaway convention idea, uh, despite the local assurances. But I think, you know, if, in, if any other state is anything like Harrisburg, asking legislative leaders in Harrisburg to approve cutting off one of the branches they're standing on, which is, you know, the super bad government example that they have in Washington, why would, why would you want to make that look logical. Can you imagine what like Doug Mastriano and Jake Corman would look like if we had a rational government in Washington? So they wouldn't be interested in it. Well, the problem is in Pennsylvania, we have the most expensive legislature in virtually in the country. Uh, we have a legislature that beats 12 months out of the year. Uh, many, many states, uh, those uh, their, their state government has adjourned either in April or May or June, and they're part-time. Uh, so, you know, we have the same problem. We have, we have a, a forever government in Pennsylvania, um, unless you really mess up. Uh, probably 80% uh, of the seats are, are, are comfortably Democrat or Republican. So, you know, if, if you just don't mess up, you probably have a lifetime appointment. And uh, so we have the same thing in Washington. And, and so I think that part of it is people in Harrisburg are saying, well, gee, if I vote for this for the federal government, they may come do the same thing in the state. And uh, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, I... I, I think the local state, our state senator and state representatives are great people. I think they do a good job. Um, but, you know, and Merle Phillips was a personal friend. But Mil Merle Phillips could still be there if he wanted to be there. You know, I mean, that's the way it went. And I, I, I disagree with that. I, you know, do it, come in, 
do what's good for the Commonwealth, and then go back to the private enterprise. You know, let's that, career politicians. Um, are a problem for me. Well, we had some longtime leaders like Merle Phillips and Russ Fairchild. I'll use them as examples where they <coughs> really super served their constituents over and over. But, you, you know, it's almost you could say, wow, we were lucky, you know, that they did that, you know, that they were good people to know and that they, they you know, they had the region's best interest in heart. You know, if they didn't, um, you know, we have folks like uh, Representative Rowe and Linda Schlegel Culver now who could be there forever. Now, do they super serve their audience are they doing or their constituents are they doing a super job I think a lot of folks say yes you know so that's that's good for them but uh, you know what if they were doing a terrible job or ignoring us or what if they're like Fred Keller who goes to uh, to Washington and he won't talk to us anymore you know so you have we won't talk to WKOK in oh, really? particular yeah he's uh, we're, we're dead <laughs> to him so uh, not he's not dead to us <laughs> we still talk about his votes and initiatives all the time but we're dead to him you you know, he won't contact us anymore. But, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, and do you think Fred Keller's doing a great job? You know, everybody would have to make that determination on their own. But he can be there now. Well, and forever. You, I, I think that's the case. Uh, you know, if you look at the, at the, uh, uh, last apportionment. Uh, his seat is pretty safe. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Center County in there, which is is a liberal county, but for the most part, um, he's his district is pretty pretty conservative. So, um, and I I talk to people, and some think that, that Fred's doing a wonderful job, and I I talk to other people who, you know, think he's uh, you know way too conservative. So, um, it's a uh, uh, it's an issue that we have here, and and term limits solves all those problems because term limit says okay, we want you to serve. And we want you to serve for 12 years and then well, go home. Okay. You know, don't, don't be there 40, 50, 60. You know, we have people in Congress that have been there over 50 years. Well, look at Donald Sherwood was uh, just became part of the Washington culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he may still have been a good Congress member. I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I don't barely remember any of his votes or constituents. And I never even spoke to him in person in my life. But in any event, um, once he got sucked into the Washington vortex, I mean, that was the end of it. was like when uh, um, Rick Santorum went to Washington. It was like, bye-bye. <laughs> That's it. You know, he's, I'm never coming back to Pennsylvania. So, uh, But in any event, okay, all the way back around the Convention of States, term limits is part of it, limited spending and uh, limiting the size of government. Well, I, I We'll continue. We have spoken to our local legislators, and they all have unanswered questions. So they haven't just, you know, stuck their arms together and said, "Hey, we're not going to approve this." They have unanswered questions. So, but I hope they can see the light. Uh, is are, are folks hopeful in Harrisburg? Uh, we are. When uh, uh, okay. I say we, I'm 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 a member, but I'm you know I'm not any in any kind of a position. Uh, but uh, it's it seems that we do have some traction now. Um, I think that as more other states uh, continue to to move forward, um, I think maybe that that our, our state legislators here in in Pennsylvania will be a little more uh, a little less skeptical. Um, and and I uh, you know I think we've got good representatives. I'm not complaining about them. Um, 
I think they're just a little overly cautious on this particular subject. All right. We would invite folks to call us about this topic, Convention of States, which is pending in a state house committee in Harrisburg. It's come up for uh, broader discussions occasionally. The legislative calendar often isn't its friend, but it does uh, get reintroduced and is brought about and talked about and has advocates in Harrisburg and has lots of skeptics who continue to ask questions about it, but hopefully they get them on board uh, by uh, by the time it comes time for a vote. You can call us on this topic or another one if you wish. One of our good listeners says, does anyone know if Market Street and Sealands Grove will be open for traffic tomorrow? Uh, it is not open for tomorrow during the fair. It does get blocked for the fair. So, yeah, market, it's on Market Street in the downtown of Sealands Grove. So Market Street will be closed tomorrow for the fair. But it's open now. I mean, it's going to be open um, until probably, you know, 6 or 7 in the morning tomorrow and then reopen. They usually fairs and festivals get their streets reopened about 90 minutes after the fair closes. So you can look for that tomorrow. So, And there is a question here from a listener uh, for John Shipman about the community college, which you're on the Susquehanna Valley Community Education uh, uh, Project Board. So you, you probably have an informed answer for this question, too. So we'll get to that. But we have open phones right now talking about local issues. Our local representatives are uh, interested in getting more questions answered about the Convention of States proposal that's pending in Harrisburg, uh, and we can talk about that. If there's another issue that popped up either today or overnight, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, taking great care of us all week long, so we appreciate that. He's got another hour and ten minutes of hard work taking good care of us, answering the phone, so give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. John Shipman is here today. We talked about the Convention of States, uh, which would be a great idea, I think, but maybe you have a view. There's a lot of skeptics out there that say, uh, 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 like John told me before we started, there was was a runaway convention one time, but then what was the outcome of it? Well, the outcome was our current constitution. Uh, the the founders were very skeptical of a strong central government uh, because they had all come from Europe, where they were only strong central government run by a king. So the king was basically a dictator, and they decided that they didn't want that. So the Articles of Confederation were a very all the power virtually was in the states. The federal government had ver very little power, uh, and only what was ceded to it by the states. 
So the federal government had trouble, for instance, raising revenue and things like that. Uh, so it, it became uh, cumbersome uh, to, for the federal government to try to operate for that first uh, 10 years or so. So they decided that they needed to have a change. Um, so the intention was to improve on the Articles of Confederation. And they sent people to Philadelphia. And when they got there, what happened uh, eventually was that the, the uh, Articles of Confederation were scrapped. And they adopted the Constitution, which we have lived in under since 1789. So the Constitution uh, still... Uh, says for says very explicitly that anything that is not specifically granted to the federal government is reserved for the states. But the federal government Oops. has ignored that for years. Well, yeah, especially in the past century. Yes. I mean, it's doubled and redoubled in size. Yes, from from Woodrow Wilson's administration on. I mean, it's just they've just expanded and expanded and expanded, and the states don't stand up to the federal government. Uh, if they did, we maybe wouldn't have some of the problems we have. So uh, the Convention of States is designed to limit the size and scope of the government, the cost of the government, and term limits. You know, we have people in Congress that have been there over 50 years, <laughs> and that's ridiculous. Some of them are senile. Uh, the, uh, the, the mental health of, of some of them is certainly in question. Uh, our president has been nothing but a politician. He never held a job. He's been a politician, a state senator, and then a U.S. senator and vice president. He's been a politician all his life. Never had a real job. Never know, knew what it was to make a payroll. Uh, never, never signed the front of the check. <laughs> yes. He only endorses the <laughs> <Yes>. back. <laughs> so, you know, we need, we need citizen legislators somebody that's had a job somebody that understands how how the economy really works at the grassroots level they make different decisions than people who have been government all their lives. Well, and are part of a coalition or a caucus, they call it, that, you know, you have to behave. You know, Merle Phillips used to talk about some votes that he would take that he didn't want to vote yes or no on something, but he had to because if you want to stay in leadership, you have to do as the leadership does. I don't know if it's like the midnight pay raise or whatever it was that, you know, you're talking about, but he would talk about the fact that, hey, if, if I want to keep on assigning parking spaces and, and guiding legislation that affects our area, I got to go with the flow down there. You know, you can't be uh, the pariah of the Republican caucus. You can't right. be the, the the majority leader there who's got a mind of your own. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, and yet Merle Phillips had certain things that were that were red lines, uh, and he was very adamant. Uh, for instance, he was a no on gambling. He was always going to be a no on gambling. He was never going to vote for gambling. Maybe so. expanding uh, liquor control too. Uh, some, a few things like that. I mean, he was uh, he was very adamant on some of those things, which he considered to be uh, almost moral issues. Okay, right. And the government had a role to regulate and was in a good position to regulate them. And so, uh, and then if folks, of course, at the time, if you wanted to gamble, you didn't really have a lot of options. You had the Pennsylvania Lottery, right? But if you wanted, you'd have to go to Vegas or Atlantic well, City or something. Right. Before that, you had to go out of state. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we're talking about, we're kind of smushing together dysfunctional legislatures and dysfunctional federal government. Uh, I know in Maryland, 
Maryland uh, just from a, a fabulous tour of Annapolis and, and, and the government hall there, which is a small building. I mean, relatively speaking, you can put you could put like 50 of them in the farm show complex. Um, they meet, I believe it's about mid-January or so for a few months, and then those legislators are done. Then they go home. You know, they uh, the folks in and around Annapolis and that Circle Square area uh, dread uh, January and February because parking is tough, and they do occasionally get a little snow there, and so that's, that's their tough time. But then once the legislators leave, it's home free. But uh, although the restaurants like it when yeah. the legislature's in session. I would say f- at least 50% of the states have a- legislatures have adjourned by the end of June, at least 50%. Okay, right, and let them go home. Well, and we, we, we still use the phrase and hear from Harrisburg that legislators are on their summer vacation, but they're still working full-time. They're, you know, having meeting constituents. That's when they do interviews with us, and they're more available. And, and of course, then folks like John Gordner, he's going back and forth as he's in leadership, so he'd be going back and forth to participate in meetings and, and you know, guiding things. And, and the legislature is busy in the summer, you know, they just think about this. In 1789, the U.S. government operated, uh, the, the legislature was only in session for three months. And then Congress. The Congress of the United States was only in session for three months. It, it, it convened in January, and it was in, uh, in uh, from January uh, till the beginning of April, and then they all went home. And went back to their farms or their businesses and so forth. And uh, uh, hmm. so even the, fa- our, the initial phase of our federal government, the, the U.S. Congress was only in session for three months. They didn't realize the power that they, that, that they could uh, put underneath them to kind of keep things uh, perpetuating. Well, I know a lot about the U.S. government at that time because I saw Hamilton. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and there's one thing that is <clears throat> reminded by the, the the musical Hamilton is that how tenuous everything was. You know, we think, okay, they got together and they wrote the Constitution. Thomas Jefferson was so smart, and he did this, and Hamilton helped, you know, do this and that, and uh, John Adams was this, and but none of this was written in stone. If any one of them had behaved differently, things would be different. Well, they the uh, framers. Uh, really, really believed that um, they're in self-restraint. Um, they had tremendous disagreements. Okay, if you look at the first two or three administrations, uh, the the new president totally disagreed with the with the previous president. So uh, it wasn't like everything was cut and dried. There were a lot, of, but they all operated on the on the principle of restraint um, for what was good for the country and uh, not necessarily good for them politically. Uh, Today, we don't have that. Today, everything is politics uh, and uh, playing to your base and uh, uh, the the, uh, atmosphere in Washington has become poisonous. I mean, these people scream at each other and uh, they they can't even say something. You know, it's, it's okay to disagree. It's not okay to be disagreeable. And we have 
a whole Congress that's just totally disagreeable. I mean, it, it's a sad, they set a sad example for the rest of the country. Right, and uh, the partisan nature, the vitriol that comes out from from the elected leaders themselves, you know, say, you know, Republicans saying how bad Democrats are, or Democrats saying how awfully terrible and vile Republicans are, but naming a particular one and then using a specific adjective to describe them, um, that's... I don't know. It's a shame. And, uh, you know, it makes it hard for people to come back for me now when I say our republic is crumbling. And it makes it harder for people to refute it now as you see what's going on and farther and farther. And you look at what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, during the Trump administration, things were calm compared to now, I think, really, in terms of, you know, restraint and vitriol and uh, and, and guidance and government. We've had, you know, a lot of folks say that President Biden's not the best president we've ever had. We've had lots of presidents like him, you know, that may or may not been highly functional in a manner that both sides sides agreed upon, but um, now, you know, he's getting drugged through the mud, and, and, you know, people say, you know, just have the most harshest criticism for him, which, you know, it may be deserved, I don't know, but I just think it used to be that folks kind of thought, well, okay, so we have this president. Like when President Trump was in office, I was like, okay, well, he's still the president. If he wants to decide to change military money to build the wall, that's his prerogative, and I kind of just kind of well, went with it. And, and I, you know, uh, my, my problem with Joe Biden is he's a lifetime, he's a politician. That's all he ever did. Um, I actually feel sorry for Joe because I think that he's pulled every which way by the different uh, uh, wings of his own party. Uh, let's face it, we have a substantial number of socialists in the federal government, in, in Congress, 81 Okay, so you think about that. Okay, so it's not it's not even 25 percent, but they are very vocal, very active, and and uh, uh, just uh, if you disagree with them, they I mean they're on you, and so uh, he's trying to deal with that. You have a few conservatives left, uh, the blue dogs, not a whole lot of them. Uh, and then you've got some people who used to be centrist but have moved left so uh, I mean he's got his hands full with his own party right there's no more Arlen Specters anymore um, no more George Geekus who would sit down with the Democrats exactly. every Friday and Saturday to make sure they discuss things thoroughly alright to be continued folks this is WDK OK Sunbury News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, Rob Satters, our fabulous producer and my great uh, guest uh, co-host today, John Shipman, great common sense conservative around here. Talked a little bit about convention of states. We're going to mention the uh, fact that the uh, community college is something about which he's informed. He's been on Sunbury City Council and city treasurer and has been uh, just a real doer around here. Boy, you got you have a long resume if I were going to name them all, which I can't, so I won't. But uh, Spark is, is this... I was one of the original members of Spark. Um, I served as uh, 
chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, the leadership, leadership Susquehanna Valley. Um, is that still going, Spark, first of all? Spark is now part of SRI. Okay. Okay. So that's... Which, uh, was president of SRI, so, you know, tried to do as much as I could to help the community. Um, I don't brag about any of that stuff because that's not why I did it. Um, I really wanted to see Sunbury and the greater Susquehanna Valley prosper and uh, do well. Um, and uh, that's one of the big reasons I'm promoting the new community college, because there's no greater way to bring economic development to the Susquehanna Valley than to have our own local community college. All right, we're going to talk about that. We have one of our emailers sent us a note about that, so we'll read that on the radio. We would invite more comers uh, to join us on the air today. Sunbury Motor Company is the sponsor of On the Mark, so do as I've done. Start your next vehicle purchase at sunburymotors.com. That gives you an idea that uh, we are talking about the fact that uh, uh, the truck I'm driving, I believe you're in an SMC Ranger, is that correct? Yes. Okay, super. So, you like driving the smaller vehicle, slightly smaller? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, it's uh, not as comfortable as the F-150 I had, um, but it's not uncomfortable. Um, I just had the power pack installed, so it's uh, it performs pretty good. Oh, the power pack. Now, what is that? 45 more horsepower. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the needs for speed. <laughs> you and Joe. I'll tell you what. Joe's like the speeding ticket king of the world. Well, I, have, I don't get tickets, but I, I like the... Okay, you like the sport version. Well, yeah, I, I make fun with Joe. The truck I'm in, plus the one he has, has either eco mode, mud, snow, slippery. I forget what the other modes are, but one of them is sport. He keeps it on sport all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the maximum amount of horsepower allowed by law. So Sunbury Motor Company is where these vehicles we're talking about came from. My truck, uh, John's truck, and uh, Joe's truck all come from the Sunbury Motor Company. So please check them out at Sunbury Motor. Uh, com. Uh, we do have some roads still impacted by uh, flooding around here, so we'll do some brief news headlines, but we invite you to call us if you'd like to weigh in on either Convention of States or the local community college, or yesterday we talked about the Haitian village that exists now on the periphery of Del Rio, Texas. If you have an opinion about that, give us a buzz. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Susquehanna River now at about 15 feet at Lewisburg, a crest at about 16 feet is expected today. Penn's Creek is on the way down, but not before it flooded Mill Road between Route 204 and Routes 11 and 15. So that Mill Road should be reopened at some point today after it's cleaned and inspected. In Danville, the Susquehanna River's at about 8 feet and a crest at about 11 feet is expected tomorrow. Uh, Sunbury, the Susquehanna River at Sunbury is uh, going to crest well below flood and caution stage at some point uh, today. PPL says they still got about 40 Pottsgrove area residents without power, and they're working to restore electricity there. Uh, rain, two to five inches of rain fell around here. Mill Road still listed as closed. PennDOT still has the Hamilton underpass listed as closed. That should reopen today as Shemokin Creek's waters are going down. You can read all the rest of the storm impact words at WDKOK.com. President Biden needs to have a stronger handle on the tough questions from the media these days. CBS News political analyst Leonard Steinhorn told WKOK's On the Mark program yesterday the president would benefit from being more assertive with the media. I think there probably are better ways to be able to deal with that. 
take a position of strength by defending the tough questions and not walking away from them. The president's latest approval rating quite low, and Steinhorn says that's mostly related to his recent criticism in and from the media, the Afghanistan debacle, much of that before the Haitian immigration issue uh, rose to the top of the stack in Washington, D.C. The State Department of Health says there's over 2,500 people hospitalized with COVID-19 in Pennsylvania. That's about 35 more than the day before. Geisinger Danville, uh, they're topping off with with uh, just one more additional patient of COVID-19. They have 54 folks on board. Evangelical Community Hospital has a slight increase, 27 people hospitalized there. The vast majority of individuals in the ICUs and on ventilators, unvaccinated uh, people uh, who have COVID-19. The state attorney general sued Thursday to block that Republican-approved subpoena to state election officials in what Republicans call a forensic investigation. The lawsuit from the state Attorney General Josh Shapiro is the second thus far targeting a subpoena issued last week by Republican-controlled Intergovernmental Operations Committee. They're looking for names, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, and partial Social Security numbers of Pennsylvania voters so they can do a full Arizona-style election investigation in Harrisburg. There's lots of pushback against uh, that. Uh, speaking of Arizona, a lengthy recount of ballots conducted as part of the Arizona Arizona GOP-led Senate review of Maricopa County's 2020 election ballots and election equipment affirmed the results certified nearly 10 months ago that President Joe Biden won Arizona. The outcome appears in a draft copy of the report from the ballot review, which is obtained by CBS News. According to the draft, Mr. Biden's 45,000-vote victory in Arizona's most populous county even expanded by a few hundred votes. Let me stop here real quick and put in an editorial comment. That could indicate why a forensic audit was necessary. <laughs> Because it showed, that, I mean, in this particular case, it went the, against Mr. Biden, which, or for Mr. Biden, which the GOP probably wasn't happy about. But at least it showed that there was a miscount, I guess. Right. Do you get that? Okay. Anyway, the report surfaced less than 24 hours after the Arizona Senate is set to go over the report with contractors led by the cybersecurity firm Cyber Ninjas. We've posted more about this story at WKOK.com. There are changes taking place uh, where the Haitian village has been set up in Del Rio, Texas. And the Biden administration says the change has to do with Border Patrol agents on horseback. The White House has repeatedly slammed the Border Patrol's use of horses to force migrants back into the river. We feel those images are horrible and horrific. And Press Secretary Jen Psaki says going forward, horses will no longer be used in Del Rio, Texas. The treatment of the Haitian migrants has led the administration's envoy to Haiti, Daniel Foote, to quit. His resignation letter says expulsions to Haiti contribute to that country's unacceptable misery. The administration claims Foote failed to raise his concerns internally. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, the White House. All right. Uh, so the Haiti issue popped up yesterday and has popped up again today. That's on the minds of one of our callers who's on the line. So we invite folks to join uh, him and John and I on the radio. Uh, give Rob a call at 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Mike from Bloomsburg, one of the smartest men in the world is on the line. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Oh, I've, you're going to find out differently now. Uh-oh. Uh, yet, yet, before we get to Haitians, my uh, wife 
uh, heard heard that there's going to be some paper shortages like there was uh, during the pandemic with toilet paper and paper towels and what have you. And uh, I said, well, do we need anything? I'm going to the gym. I'll pick it up on the way home. And then she says, you don't have to. I said, no, I'll, I'll be glad to stop. You don't have to. What she really meant to say when she said you don't have to is every time I send you to this store, you screw up what you're <laughs> supposed to get. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was. You know. So I'm going to blame this on her at the end here. So in any case, I I was really happy to get her the paper towels because she said we had enough toilet paper. So <clears throat> they had these wonderful looking six packs of paper towels, and I picked them up. And, and I mean, it was like I was you know trying them out because I don't really shop. So I'm squeezing them, and, and they felt so heavy. I said, these got to be the best darn paper towels in the world. So I got three packs of, uh, what was it there? They were, well, long story short, instead of paper towels, I ended up buying 54 rolls of toilet paper. Oh, my gosh. Well, you have to understand, they were they were stacked. Three three of them on top of each other looked like a paper towel to me, and the, and the covering was so nice and had all this great blue information on it. I had no idea that they were rolls of toilet paper. I just thought they were the best paper towels in the world. So now we have all this. Uh, well, Mike, paper. if it, if it'll and, help, help the issue here, my lovely bride never uses sports analogies. But when I say I'll go to the store for us, she says no. That doesn't help the ball club. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm in the same boat. <laughs> there you go. You know, and she's either taking a picture of what she needed, because she has done that. Well, she does that quite frequently, but this time she didn't. She didn't think I could screw up toilet paper and paper towels. But anyway, as far as the Haitian situation, <clears throat> now, what, what gets me is that this Biden was running, and he was going to be the most uh, disclosing president in history and, you know, tell everybody everything. And, you know, we were he was our servant. And what I just heard was there was 15,000 Haitians under a bridge. And again, I don't follow the news that much. And now this morning they say the population is down to 500. And that the government said they're going to start expelling these Haitians. And we even had one guy resign over expelling them, right? But it turns out that not that many have been sent back, that the Haitians are coming into the United States. But the, this is the government that controls the border. They can't tell us exactly how many went where okay so how is that for full disclosure you know because i'm going down the list and i and i'm not going to repeat it it's pretty long of everything that has come out of washington dc since we had the most honest uh, administration in history take office everything that was claimed turned out to be the exact opposite of what they said you know and and it it, it just bothers me a simple question like where did these people go well, we don't have that information right now. And since our president doesn't answer questions, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Maybe the, all the Haitians would be gone wherever they're gone, and, and there'll be a new group of Ecuadorians there, uh, and, and we'll be talking about them in a week without ever finding out where the Haitians went. And the final thing, to me, now I don't want to uh, listen. I'm not a, a, a racist, okay? And, and usually that's the first sign that someone's a racist. But I empathize with people around the world because I have been there. And I've talked to people that have been there, and, and when they, the, the, the story that always sticks in my mind whenever I'm eating is how they were told in Russia to leave their McDonald's wrappers there, don't, don't throw away the garbage, and they thought that was rude. And as soon as they walked away, kids came out of nowhere, and they're licking the paper wrappers and trying to suck what was left out of the ketchup out of the packages, okay? So I know 
what what it's like. I mean, not personally, because I've always had enough on my table, but I can understand. I've seen kids come from these foreign countries. When they got to the United States with their adoptive families, the first thing they did was hit food behind a couch, so it would be there later. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is when people come from other countries to escape third world conditions, they can't help but bringing some of that mindset with them. So we really need to be careful on how we relocate people in this country and put them in the right circumstances to succeed. Because if things like, you know, instead of paper towel shortages, we have food shortages, anything can happen. And, and, and you know, then the people that came from the third world countries that, uh, you know, went back to those values right off the bat, they're the ones that are going to be blamed for for, for it. And, and, they, and frank, frankly, they could have been just put in wrong situations. So I, I don't, I do not agree with our government getting away with saying we don't have that information now when that's total. You know what? Well, I genuinely believe he doesn't know. You're talking about Mayorkas. Um, uh, he was in front of a Senate committee or a joint committee, yeah. some sort of a hearing, and didn't have the answers there. I, I don't think he's hiding it. You know, you had talked about the government hiding things it, it this isn't a better answer but i think he genuinely doesn't know you know I, i'm not well, saying that that's a better answer mark I, I hate to interrupt with you but i've seen these uh, testimonies and these important people they got bugs sitting right behind them that have the information that they need and someone could have easily whispered you know hey 30,000, Yeah, he would have said where they're at. And, and I'm not, you know, yeah, technically he wasn't lying. Maybe he was never, you know, what do they say? Ignorance is bliss and that he wasn't given that information because they knew he was going to get that question. Now, listen, you know, I'm not that smart, but I wasn't born yesterday. The, 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 I agree with that, that if you watch the president's press secretary, how often she says, I don't have that information, but I'll get that for you. <laughs> so when does she ever get that for him? Never. Never comes up. Doesn't the come 12th. up. The 12th. The 12th never. Right. It doesn't come up at the next day. Uh, so she says, well, I don't have that information. 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 So uh, either one of two things, either she doesn't have it or the administration is is purposely hiding that information because they don't want us to know how bad it is. You know, I, I don't I don't mind her lying like that, unless she looks down at the papers like she's checking to see if she has it before she says, I don't have that information. Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah, who knows? Well, I think, that's, pre, that's premeditated. Yeah. I think we need to realize that 50% of the governments in this world are dysfunctional. Not just Haiti. I've, I've been on mission trips uh, uh, to third world countries, and most of these, the government... Uh, I mean, the the government doesn't care about the people. You know, people live in poverty, and the government doesn't care. Um, so, how many how many of these people should we take? Um, there's probably two billion people in the, in this world that would give their left arm to to come to the United States. Do we take them all? Uh, I, I there needs to be some some thought given to who we who we accept. And on what basis we accept, not just take everybody that comes because they want a better life. I, I, I agree. I understand that they want a better life. But you made, you made the point very well. Does that mean that for them to have a better life, we have to have a life that's not as good as, as it was? And, you know, how many people can we feed? Uh, the, 
all that the numbers are starting to come out. Uh, 400 of them were sent here, 600 of them were sent there. So the numbers are leaking out, not from Washington, but from the places they ended up going. Can you imagine spending years in Central America, working your way north, finally getting to <laughs> Del Rio, and they ship you back to Haiti, which that's happened to a thousand or so. But, yeah, not uh, too many. Yeah, not as many. All right. Well, well, Mark, the people were staged south of the border, you know, all you know, for a year, waiting to see who was going to win the election because they knew if the Democrat won the election, it was open borders again. I mean, we had CNN broadcasting in Spanish in Latin America telling people where the easiest places to get into the country were, where the border security is the weakest, what cities to go when they get here. So, I mean, this is orchestrated, and they're acting like it's not. Let's be honest here. Like I said before, you know, this country always talks about fairness, equality. Well, the reality is the country is about half white and half everything else, okay? So we have almost racial parity when you're, when you're saying we have too many whites. We're almost even now. So why isn't there an effort, if we're going to make room for every person that wants to cross the uh, Mexican border, why aren't we saying, hey, how about all you folks that are disadvantaged in Eastern Europe? Let's take an equal amount from Eastern Europe and an equal amount for South, uh, South America to keep things even. But no, we don't hear that. <laughs> what we hear is Democrats doing, bending over backwards, doing everything they can to get the people in here that they have a high probability of knowing that they're going to vote Democrat in the future and keep them in power. We've got to keep our white majority one way or another, even if it means... That's that not what I said. You You're just putting words <laughs> in my mouth. That's exactly what you just said. No, he didn't, Mark. What did he say? Well, clarify, please. Uh, he, he said, no, let me clarify. Let me clarify. What I said was this country is always currently about racial equality, evenness, and fairness. And what I said was when you look at the demographics, the way it's changing, and I'm not opposed to I mean, you can look at the pictures on my wall and see the colors of the people in my family. I'm not against that. What I'm trying to tell you is the country in Washington, especially the Democrats, say they're all about fairness. So why not make it equal who gets to come into this country? Why is it just because there's a land border on our southern border that anybody can walk in, but darn it, they can't walk across the ocean from Europe to get here? Why, why isn't even? What, what, you know, look. If, practice what they preach. If they want to preach fairness and equality, let's do it. Well, nobody said we're supposed to let in just a certain color in the U.S. I mean, there may, it may have be more uh, um, Hispanics that are interested in coming into the U.S. right now. But, uh, you know, this comes and goes and waves. Maybe next year there'll be more Europeans or whatever. But honest to Pete, I, what you're saying is that we got to keep things white. That's what I'm hearing. John says I'm not even hearing that right, John. No, he's just saying equal, you know. Uh, I think that that all of us understand that that uh, the percentage of white uh, Americans is slowly decreasing. Um, I don't think anybody has any problem with that, um, but I think that the fairness issue is is an issue. Um, we we brought over a hundred thousand Afghanistans in, uh, but only a couple thousand of them were <clears throat> were people who helped us. We have no idea who the rest are, but they managed to get on the planes. <clears throat> Most of them are male. Most of them have didn't come with their families. So, you know, why are we why are we going to accept the 100,000 male Afghanistan's uh, men who who uh, weren't interpreters who who weren't uh, people who helped the US government. You know, um, 
I got you. Okay. All right. We'll give you the last word. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Every, everyone in Washington talks about we need to have money for this, we need to have money for this, but no one is looking at what the cost of bringing non-English speaking, you know, generally lesser qualified people into the country, what it's going to cost to educate them, give them health care, housing, and food. No one's putting that into the equation. I'm talking about controlled legal immigration with secure borders, and then we go from there. But if you don't want to secure the border, if you just want people to cross, then I kind of have a good idea of what your, uh, what your values are and what you want at the end. And it's not to have a country that's run by two parties where one is in control one time and then it gets balanced out the next election. The Democrats have done everything they can to have total control for basically ever. Okay, so majority, well, never mind. All right, Mike, uh, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much for calling in. All right, 1-800, oh, oh, I'm sorry, he had another word. I'm sorry. Call back, you get another minute, I guess. 1-800-795-9565. Call us now. We are talking about fairness. Uh, John picks up that our, uh, the interest of balance, uh, white versus Hispanic immigrants in the U.S. will be closer to ideal than having just Hispanics coming over a border that's not actually open. But we certainly have, uh, we know that tens of thousands of Haitian immigrants are interested in asylum in the U.S., so uh, that's going to be the latest surge. But uh, we've talked about immigration a lot here. Can we keep a balance, let as many whites in as we do of other color? 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, we do have some uh, texts that have come in. Uh, I don't know if these are today's or not, but uh, we invite you to text us at 70236. Uh, you can send us a note at 7023. Yeah, no texts from today, so uh, there's some left over from yesterday. We're going to have an archival section, but we talked about the Haitian immigrant uh, situation. These are asylum seekers in Del Rio, Texas. They are already in the U.S., folks. So and when you saw the Border Patrol trying to make sure that uh, using on horseback, uh, those were individuals that had gone back into Mexico and were returning with uh, something for the asylum seekers, whether it's food or uh, something else that the individuals that were in the Haitian village needed. That was one of the, it seems to be a cottage industry that popped up, this idea of running back into Mexico, getting something, and then returning to... Well, you know, obviously they can't, supposedly can't go further into the United States, so if they, you know... I would think that they're probably 
the federal government is overwhelmed. Uh, the the border patrol is in disarray, and and many of the agents are disillusioned. Uh, they can't do. They're not allowed to do their job that they've done for 20, 30 years, and so uh, you know it's a crisis. Uh, we. I know the current administration doesn't want to admit this is a crisis, uh, and uh, our vice president, who's supposedly in charge of it, hasn't hasn't even spoken to the issue basically. And uh, but it's not getting any better. There's going to be not just Haitians. There's going to be over two million at the rate we're going. Over two million undocumented people come across that southern border this year. We're the only country in the world. Say that again. There's over 2 million undocumented people coming in t- over that southern border this year. These are not the individuals that we're letting into the U.S. one way or another in, in camps and holding camps. And there's asylum seekers, that some of whom are getting to stay in the U.S., and others are getting deported, but some are getting to stay in the U.S. Not them. No. So, so the border is totally porous. Every, you know, everybody else is building walls. Uh, Turkey is building a wall on its on its eastern border, so it'll keep the Afghans out from Turkey. So you know, but but we don't want to secure our borders. So it, it, it's a mess. Well, we have some good news to pass along. How about that? Are you ready for some yeah. good news? Our republic is crumbling. Oh, wrong note. Sorry. That's not, <laughs> sorry. That's my own note. Uh, Hamilton underpass is open. So Route Great. 61 is open at Sunbury. That was Shemokin Creek water. Well, initially rainwater, then Shemokin Creek water. Now that is open. And Mill Road is open in Snyder County. If you live in the Seattle's Grove area, you know how critically important Mill Road is. And tomorrow is the Market Street Festival, and that's part of the Bible pass of Market Street is to go on Mill Road out to 204 to get into Sealance Grove, and so uh, you, that's that's good news for folks. We have the very latest list of road closures posted at WKOK.com. Let me tell folks about the Sunbury Motor Company, then we'll take a break, and when we come back, uh, we have an email about the Community Education Project. Uh, I had texts left over from yesterday, and now I don't see them. So if you had a critical question or comment that you'd like us uh, to address, today, but you sent it yesterday. Resend it. My machine, read that out loud what that says on this machine right there. What's no message is found. Right. So <laughs> send again, folks. I don't know if it doesn't hold them for 24 hours and they were sent close to 10 o'clock, but I got zero on there now. So please, uh, if I do wish to honor those messages, and there were at least a half a dozen, send them again uh, to 70236 and include the keyword OTM, Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project. One of the emails, but we're talking about the Haitian immigrant crisis or Haitian asylum seekers crisis that exists in Del Rio, Texas. It's already in the U.S., so they are already here, so to speak. And I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. I want to do a quickie overview of what they got there. We'll start out with naming the name. Uh, Jason is just one of the greatest salespeople in the world. Made sure that I walked away with a vehicle, my latest truck from Sunbury Motor Company. He helped uh, order and make sure that it was ready and made sure that uh, it had all the parts, and he helped uh, make sure that we got any accessories I want on. I got a tonneau cover and just a couple of other things that are perfect that I always have that are back on the truck, thanks to Jason. Ernie and Austin are the Kia dealerships that to go to over at the Sunbury Motor Company's Kia dealership. Jeff Clock is at the Sunbury Motor Company. He's not one of the salesmen, but he's taking the orders and making sure that the dollar signs go in the right direction at the Sunbury Motor Company. So uh, he's one of the smartest guys in the world as well. But the Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia. 
they are available on the web at sunburymotors.com. If uh, John could have had two or three of those yellow Rangers that were down there, if he so chose, because they keep getting those. And I see the the black and the gray go right away, but the yellow takes a certain guy, <laughs> right. so or a certain woman, I guess, too, uh, to do that. But that's the Sunbury Motor Company, uh, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Doing my good uh, regular Friday co-host, Ben Reichley has done, I've done, John's done, uh, Joe has done. Everybody's gone to the Sunbury Motor Company uh, for great vehicles, sunburymotors.com. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565. We will get to our community college question. And uh, having asked for texts, I see none have come in. So uh, we'll take more comers via text 70236. Um, you see what I go through with this machine. This yeah. is, there's a fight underway in you, the studio. I was going to say you've got a different uh, a different uh, setup than, uh, than I was here the last oh, John, time. this has been improved by the government. Okay. <laughs> so. We're from the government. We're here to help you. <laughs> exactly. Who said that? Was that... Uh, who first said that? I think that was Ronald Reagan, but... He certainly made it popular. All right. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. Thank you for waiting a short time. Go right ahead. Yeah, this Constitutional Convention stuff? Convention of States. Convention of States. How do they change the Constitution? That is not the intent to change the Constitution. The, the intent is to, um, well, I guess it is in this respect. Um, the, there's three issues. Uh, number one, the, the, the federal government is too big and too powerful. So rein in some of, the, of, of, of the, what the government can do back to where closer to what it was originally. Number two, to reduce the cost. You know, it was interesting to me that... Uh, oh, well, hold on. How do they actually do it? That's what I'm asking. Well, the, the, uh, these are the issues that would be discussed. How do they actually do it? Well, the, cons the, the Convention of States would decide that. Um, yes, and uh, do they do it by majority vote, two-thirds vote, three-quarters oh, yeah, vote? It, well, first of all, 33 states have to agree to call yes, the convention. Yes, I realize that. Then if, once the convention is called and they make their proposals, then 36 states have to approve those proposals. So this isn't just a majority. This is a supermajority. A supermajority of states has to so call 36 the convention. 36 is... Uh, what, 72%? Uh, yeah, something like, I mean, this is a supermajority would have to approve any changes that would be made. So you need a supermajority. And there are individual state, state legislatures, where by vote of the people who are chosen somehow to go to this convention? The state, it would be uh, approved by the legislatures of the, of the 50 states. Th uh, 36 of the 52 state legislators legislatures would have to vote to approve it so it takes a supermajority uh to to be approved so 36 out of 50 states 36 out of 50 okay which is 72 percent okay yes right that's a yeah that's a supermajority okay and and the limiting the size of the government actually, or the the power of the government, actually could include just about anything. Actually, couldn't it? I would think so. 
so it's not really limited. Well, the proposal that that is that is the stated objective. The actual proposals will come out of the convention of states. We don't know what they will be. In other words, they could say um, all all. Uh, um, and, and in a time where everybody's mad at each other and dysfunctional, it seems like a good time to do this, right? Well, it seems like this would either be, a, this could make it the same, but it might make it better. You know, at least you'd have some hope. You can say, Lawrence, the Republicans, not, the Republic have some isn't. some hope of what? Of bad uh, decisions or good decisions? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. It depends upon which side you're on, I guess. Well, it depends on what they, they are, but it, I, I don't see... I don't see in today's political climate it being particularly likely that any good stuff will really come out of it. Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, I think that there are some things that, uh, for instance... It does seem like risky and throwing the dice, though, doesn't it? I, I think that at this point, if we, if we don't check the size and power of the federal government, it's only a matter of another generation until they will run our lives totally, and we will have no say in whatever we go. We, have, we already have a government now that's ruling by edict uh, at the same time that they acknowledge that the edict is not constitutional. The edict? Yeah, man. Like Trump did. Well, uh, the last the last administration did too. So did the one before that. I mean, okay. we've had we've had three rogue administrations in a row. Uh, but uh, uh, it's not going to get better if the people don't take control. It's not going to get better. The federal government will just continue to further encroach on all our freedoms until we won't have any freedoms left. Well, uh, don't have any freedoms left. I, I don't see uh, I don't see what you're looking at in the world uh, in, the, in right. the United States that does that. Another minute of this. Go ahead, Chris. Do you have a specific question for John? Well, it, it, I think if something needs to be ch- changed in the Constitution, they've got to clean up the, the loopholes in the election system for uh, president. Maybe reducing the size of government would help accomplish that, or reducing uh, spending. Reducing the size of government, then uh, who's left big? The companies and the businesses and the corporations. <laughs> and aren't they the ones that are more limiting your rights okay. than the government is? All right, Bernie, we got you. Listen, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate the call. And, and uh, well, uh, the whole, the whole, the whole thing is uh, tilted toward. Uh, people who believe in right-wing stuff, basically. All right, well, that will and come out. And they are not particularly acting sane right now, are they? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just the right. They're the only insane ones. Excellent point, Chris. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah. That, there is that, well, yes. Well, let's, let's take just one example. No, 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 uh, no, no, like no, 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 no examples. For, uh, no examples, no examples, no examples. Sorry. All right, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends a note, uh, says, uh, uh, the crisis at the U.S. border is no one's fault but... 
the Biden-Harris administrations. They own it all. I don't think we've disputed that. I think President Biden's pretty much in charge now. Uh, you can't say anything about President Trump being at fault for what's happening, right? Well, I don't think he can anymore. Uh, right. You know, Trump was well, not building, on this issue, anyway. Trump was building the wall, and uh, the uh, uh, he had cut the Im- illegal immigration substantially. And, of course, one of the first things that, that Mr. Biden did as president was say, come on in. Wouldn't do that. Okay. One of our good listeners uh, is irritated by exactly the same thing I am. It's funny how Doug and I disagree on some things and agree on others, but we're in agreement on this. It says, Mark, did you or any of your lefty callers see the video release showing the horrible Trump supporters on January 6th? It was awful. People casually walking through the Capitol, taking pictures and videos without a care in the world. Yes, they did broke. Yes, they broke into the Capitol, which was breaking the law. And yes, some got carried away and caused some destruction. But to call it an insurrection and compare it to September 11th, that's just laughable and ridiculous, says Doug. Yeah, I don't know who compared the in, the, uh, the the trespassing in the Capitol to September oh, 11th. Oh, a- AOC. Oh, she did. AOC okay. compared it to, to... Now, think about that. There were more Americans killed on 9-11 than were killed at Pearl Harbor. Well, and I've been part of groups that got out of hand. You know, I, I think back to a celebration of the Philadelphia Phillies victory in, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, now my brain's going to go blank, 81, I think right, it was. Right. And I was a student at Penn State, and we went down, and we were marching up and down the sidewalks. But guess what we said after a while? We went out into the street, you know, and traffic couldn't get by then because there were thousands of us in the street celebrating the World Series. It was 1980, well, not to be... 80. Okay, perfect. Thank Believe you. Believe me, I remember. <laughs> I, I, I figured you would. Yeah, I got my picture on the front page of the Center Daily Times. <laughs> the only time standing in the street with my uh, hand up in the air saying number one. Um, but anyway, um, all the way back around to Doug's email, uh, to, to compare the, the uh, Capitol riot and the trespassing that happened uh, to September 11th is obviously wrong. I didn't see the latest video, but I have seen the videos, and that's why one of the congressmen says it was just a normal tourist visit, because if you look at that, you know, that much was going satisfactorily for the for the U.S., even though they had broken in, but there wasn't uh, extensive damage from to, that aspect from it. To put this thing in perspective, there were some over 200,000 people at the rally downtown, okay? Mm-hmm. There were only a couple of thousand that went up to the Capitol. So, and of that few 300 thousand... 300 or so. Uh, yeah. In... Or is that too low? About a thousand or so actually got in, in. to the capital, but most of those were. Was there some some intent to do damage? Yes. Was there some some intent on the part of some? Yes, there was. The problem is these people are still in solitary confinement, but the people who destroyed uh, uh, our cities the previous summer. They didn't, they, they're not even being charged. All right. We're going to have one more caller. He's standing by. We're going to take a quickie break. When we come back, stands on the radio. They were going to talk about the community college. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, so there's t- the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back. Stan's going to be on for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to do the community college for a couple of minutes. Uh, Stan, go right ahead. Thank you for waiting. You're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yesterday you had, what is it, Steinhorn on from CBS, yep. works for CBS part-time. Yep, great. You know, he was, he was <laughs> pontificating about how Biden inherited all these crises, the border, the pandemic. And what else was it? Oh, yeah, the economy. Well, you know... The border, he created the crisis there by stopping everything good that was happening. You know, and as far as the pandemic, nobody still, he won't blame China. It's all Trump's fault, which is a pilot. Of course, pucky. Uh, and as far as the economy, if the governors of the majority of the states hadn't shut their economies down for, you know, six to eight months, things would have been different, wouldn't they have? Uh. You're, you're addressing a wide range of important issues. Um, well, well, I don't, does Biden I, still I blame Trump the for the pandemic? I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. They've been blaming Trump for the pandemic since it started. Okay. You Even know, now? I, you know, you know, they, they came in, the Biden administration came in with an empty, whatever, they had no plan for the vaccine distribution, blah, blah, blah. It was all Trump's fault. You know, and his Steinhorn character, he was just uh, propagating more of the... Uh, Propaganda, and, and he says that you know how the news media is you know not on Biden's side, and and and, and they're critical of them. Bull. They're a bunch of fanboys and fangirls. So you saying you know, the, the college critical about anything he does. So you're saying the college professor that we interviewed yesterday leans left. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. So left over. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, Stan, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Well, you know, the stuff that's going on at the border is definitely Biden's fault. And these Haitians that are coming across, they haven't come from Haiti. They've come from South America, where obviously they've been granted citizenship or, or uh, uh, residency because they had IDs and passports from down there in Chile and Brazil and stuff. And they threw them away when they crossed the border so they couldn't be identified. It's so being we're being Brazilian. sent a bill of goods. And they're taking some of them back to Haiti. But the majority of them are being shipped throughout the U.S. as they normally do. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Stan. Uh, we appreciate your irritation. We get it. Oh, I'm irritated, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate your call. All right, Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project. That's just a comment on the virus. Sure. Okay. The virus, the Pentagon, research and development arm, D-A-R-R-D-A-R-P-A turned down funding for the uh, uh, people in Wuhan because their assessment was that the only the only reason for gain of function was to uh, create weapons of mass destruction. Okay. So the Pentagon said no, but the National Institute of Health, Mr. Fauci's organization, gave a $40 million grant to EcoHealth Alliance 
which gave money to the Wuhan lab, lab to do gain-of-function research. So that didn't so backfire. That went according federal, to plan. Our own federal government sponsored this this research that has ended up killing over 600,000 Americans. So our own government's at fault. It's, you know, Did the virus come from that research, or was it from Well, the virus the came from the, the lab. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> In your mind. No, no. You read the, you read the and, and the markers are there. Now we killed our community college okay. time. Sorry about that. Susquehanna Valley Community College, really the biggest game changer that the Susquehanna Valley's ever going to have in, in any kind of recent history. Yeah, and, and things are moving. We have a, a, a partner in Marywood University, great partner. Um, we have uh, commissioners that are concerned that uh, it, w it won't be a success. So we are in the process of doing additional research, um, which we believe will demonstrate that people will enroll and it will be a great local community college. And so we are uh, optimistic uh, that, that uh, research is ongoing now and uh, the commissioners are at least listening to what we have to say uh, and uh, that's a step forward. And we, and we appreciate the, the fact that they're willing to at least listen and, and and weigh the facts. And you need financial buy-in and potentially a slight tax increase in these counties where there would be buy-in from the local counties. Yeah, it's about $15 per household per year. Um, so, you know, it's a little over a dollar a month, less than a cup of coffee. Could you just send a bill to everybody in the counties and say, please pay $15? We, we'd like the county to do that for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you were ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> John, it's a real pleasure to see you. I'm so glad you're on board. Always fun to be here, Mark. Well, thank you. I may have you back in two weeks, too. I think there's something else on the calendar, so we'll keep you posted. And we'll, maybe we can get our Convention of States guy to call in again, too. Okay. The head, That'd of, be great. The head of the Harrisburg uh, Regional One. You're listening to WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Thanks for listening. This is WKOK Sunbury.